1: The Around the NFL podcast doesn't
2: like other sports. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. I think that's the second time that draws. That is Mark Sessler's. A beat. I don't want to be grouped in with a guy that only likes football. I like a lot of sports. I'm even in on the Euro Cup, the Copa. I'm watching all this soccer. I'm all pumped up about sports right now. Dan learned Copa approximately two hours ago. That's
1: correct, but I'm in now. I mean, the, I think the thing that keeps – I keep mentioning this and it keeps getting forgotten is that it's a time issue for me. The, okay. th- that the 15-year-old me watched every sport and, you know, I had no other – Agenda or anything to do with my life. I don't. I just don't have time to watch Copa Cup or anything. I'm sure it's very nice. Have a nice time with it. Enjoy yourself.
2: Okay. I mean, it's it's just you know. I don't want to be be labeled as that as a group when it's really one guy. Wes loves a lot of sports. Greg loves many sports and and a lot of different ways to get involved with sports. Wink, wink. Uh, I love many sports. You know. I don't even know what that means. Ways to get
3: involved with other sports.
2: Well, I mean, think, how about this? Think Al Michaels at the end of a Sunday night telecast.
1: Instead of putting the heat on yourself or on me, how about call it what a, it was—a disastrous money drop. <laughs>
2: okay. wow. That's
1: oh, fair. wow! That's not. Oh, that's fair.
2: Um, okay, this is the Monday edition of the Around the NFL podcast, sponsored by no one, loved by many. What was the last part of that? Respect beholden to beholden no, beholden to nobody.
3: I was going to throw in respected by few. I don't know. It depends, yeah, who
2: you ask about that. Uh although I did and we'll get into it a little later at the All or Nothing premiere uh last Thursday night I met a listener. Humble brag. Not really. But uh he this guy came up to me and I was it was a little later in the night and I had, you know, a couple drinks at the after party. And I had this moment where I like to sometimes at like a party like get away from everyone and just stand and look around. And that's when he that's when he saw me. And he probably thought that I was like a some type of weird drifter. That's the way it is though. Wait, hold on. You'd always present the best you know
1: Then this person approached person you. After. Of
2: that's when he approached me. He saw me standing alone at the edge of the bar with
1: everyone else like having fun together. Local drifter. <laughs> yeah. Who probably sees himself as John Hammond that moment? Uh, who?
2: You? What? You're <laughs> upset because I get on you about the football thing? That's it.
1: No, I don't. I, I only
2: like oh, only sixteen course. game seasons are for me. Local. I'm teams. way too busy oh, for anything else. What I need CEO is I need life. to be
1: tracking a team day to day. That's eighteen games out of first place with four months to go in the season. That's a good way to use my time. <laughs> well, what are you doing with your time, really? Let's be honest. If we're <laughs> really going to get into it. lots of things, we had a good weekend. We did have a nice
2: time at. It wasn't WrestleMania, but it was a West gathering, and uh, it was a raucous good good time. This ve- was the most successful
4: at. party at my place yet,
2: easily. There was a lot of things that went down. The best ribs that Wes has ever made brought the house down. The police were called. The police were called. There was some night swimming in the Pacific. Yes. There was some cornhole played. The mega powers finally got together. Wesling and Hanses teamed up. Uh, the long rumored. Uh, pairing, and then wipe the floor with uh, multiple pretenders before retiring.
4: It was a good time. Good time all around, and uh, the cleanup the next day was vicious. Mm, I can imagine. <laughs> My jacket's there, by the way. We'll yeah. get it back to you. Okay, thanks. Another reason to have a barbecue. Um,
2: We're going to
4: have WrestleMania. Yeah, we do. How do you top
2: that, though? I don't know. It's we, like your Royal Rumble, like, was a huge success and a ratings bonanza, and now WrestleMania, it's going to be hard to follow. That happens well,
4: sometimes. Royal Rumble was the best. I yeah. Thought. WrestleMania will happen in July. It was supposed to be the off-season kickoff party. It's probably going to be the off-season end party. Mm. But a couple of key, me- I mean, Colleen Wolfe wasn't there. LaKeisha wasn't there. We have to have these people for the official There's WrestleMania. There's some Ewing theory uh, elements at play with Connie <laughs> Fox not being
2: at the party <laughs> on Saturday. I wouldn't I don't say think that. that's fair. Okay. Uh, yes, on today's edition of the program, uh, we will get into uh, what's been going on in the NFL since we last saw you, uh, that or you last heard us. That was uh, Thursday. And uh, we'll also discuss, I like this segment, best quarterbacks under 25.
5: 25 so we, and under. This is a
2: One, oh, annual So we're stable. counting 25.
3: 25 yeah. and under.
2: Okay, fair. So we'll kind of talk about who each of us made a list of five our, our top five quarterbacks, 25 and under. And we will debate that, um, both analytically and then, you know, throwing some mirth as we're known to do. Uh, and that's Monday's show. And before uh, we move on, let's check behind the glass. Uh, Brandon, the Irishman, McGinnis out of town, uh, probably watched, uh, the Irish, uh, have a draw today in the Euro cup. Uh, uh, <laughs> big soccer fan, Mark, and yep. and then uh, TD who filled in last Thursday also out of the office. Who knows what he's up to, but the third stringer steps in in a big spot, but not a third stringer to us, Sully. That's right. What's up, fellas?
5: Hey, Sully. What's going on, boys? I've, uh, like you, Dan, I've been watching a lot of soccer lately. Huge soccer guy. Mm. Are you a big soccer guy? Big soccer guy. I made yeah, the trip up to going, San Fran.
3: He was just going crazy watching uh, some nice ball in the Belgium, Italy. Uh,
5: Belgium and Italy. Yeah, yep. Good game. But yeah, I was up in uh, San Fran for the U.S.'s 2-0 defeat against Colombia, but we were able to battle back and win the group. Sully zeroed
1: great. in right now on a game that's happening, so this, this podcast <laughs> right. is an I'm absolute wild card. I am,
5: I am not zeroed in. I'm zeroed in on you guys. Priority um, number one. Almost as good ATL. as when I
1: walked into the the room with all
3: the producers today. Like, who's, who's producing our podcast? Anyone? TD's gone. But, of course, I stepped
5: up and Sully's stepped up to like, the bench and said,
2: Well, here's the, here's the first big test. If Sully was prepared or just watching football, uh, let's do some news. Yep. Oh well that's fine with me. The only
5: the only reason I use this is because uh, I needed to sneak it
2: in somehow. It is good. You like that drop light, Mark? So- I think it's fantastic.
4: Seller knows his audience.
2: Uh, Let's start in Baltimore. The Ravens got bad news on Brashad Perryman, their wide receiver they took in the first round last year, 26th overall. Of course, he missed all of last year with a uh, PCL sprain in his right knee that never really got better. They eventually put him on injured reserve. Uh, And then we learned this weekend that he suffered a partially torn ACL in his left knee this week, uh, according to Rap Sheet, uh, he met Perryman, met with Dr. James Andrews on Monday, according to Report, uh, for a scope, which is a minimally invasive procedure uh, that's scheduled for Tuesday. And that will determine whether or not he needs the full ACL re- reconstruction, which, of course, would end his season, or if he has a chance to get back on the field. Uh, Mark, we'll start with you. The Ravens seem to be cursed. A little Murphy's Law in Baltimore last year. And this is not good news uh, that this guy they're expecting a lot from could be shelved for the year.
1: It's it's not good news at all. I mean, I think if you look at what they were trying to do last year at the position, you would think that this time around with Brashad Perriman coming back, that there would be a completely different feeling of optimism, a reason to think that the Ravens would have another element to their passing game. They did get Mike Wallace. That helps a little bit. Mm. But but really, what do we know we're going to get out of Mike Wallace? I mean, I, it, it it's a good signing on paper. I don't know about regular season, but this is, this is is uh, his career has com- com- been completely derailed.
4: Yeah, I, I'm a little down on the Ravens right now. I know early in the offseason we liked them as a team to bounce back, but they were old and slow on offense last year, and they're going to be old and slow on offense again this year. And as Greg has pointed out, they've got a lot of question marks on their defense. Their pass rushers are old. Ozzie Newsom hasn't drafted as well the last few years, and he's admitted it and now the chickens are coming home to roost a little bit.
3: Well, it, it, it's a big loss cuz of the position he plays that they, you know, you take a first round pick, you expect that guy to make an impact. Right now they're counting on Steve Smith. This was another story that we did on Monday to come back from a torn Achilles at 37 years old. And he said, I don't know when I'll be back on the field. And that makes sense. It's it's only the middle of June. No panic there. But to me, when we've been talking about the Ravens this year, it's kind of like, okay, well, you get Perriman back. You get Steve Smith back. You get these guys back. Everything will be fine. Well, now you don't have Perriman. And Steve Smith is... The list of people that have come back at 37 years old, that receiver from a torn Achilles and been effective is a short or non existent
4: L- one. So how many 37-year-old receivers have even had a torn Achilles? Right,
3: exactly, because most people retire at that point. And maybe he will be fine. All I'm saying there is... He's a starter and he's a huge question mark. You have Mike Wallace as the other one and then Kamari. Huge Aiken. question mark. Think,
2: think how much has, yeah, how much has to go right here for them to have even a decent wide receiver group. Smith coming off the Achilles, Perryman now you have to hope that this is quarterback a, coming off a structure. torn ACL. Uh, I guess I worry about that less, but that's very fair. And and Wallace, who really hasn't been an impact player in a couple of years, now he's going to find the fountain of youth at you know age 28 or 29. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, Wes. There's a lot of reasons to be nervous about this team.
1: They did draft two guys. I mean, but it, it's, it seems like the Ravens for a while have been a lot of young receivers that aren't superstars that are vying for snaps, and it's not a complete position.
3: Chris Moore is the fourth-round pick who could be a deep threat that people like that has had some – Buzz, I guess, in the OTA season, but who knows what what that'll mean. Counting on a guy like that to play a lot, it's a little early. Kamar Aiken, though,
2: who was their leading receiver last year, this should lock him up for for regular snaps. Mm. Uh, Let's move on and talk. Another team that has some wide receiver issues, the Detroit Lions, who, of course, lost Calvin Johnson to retirement. Uh, Earlier this year, the team announced uh, they have signed former Redskins and Cardinals wideout Andre Roberts to a one-year deal. Uh, This came down on Monday, and they will be bringing in Anquan Bolden, a member of the uh, St. Louis Greybeards, uh, for a visit this per rap sheet. Roberts um, caught 47 passes for 588 yards and two touchdowns over his last two seasons in D.C. Bolden had uh, another nice season, 69 for 789 and four Uh, for a bad San Francisco team. Wes, your thoughts?
4: Andre Roberts is a decent slot receiver. Uh, He had fallen out of favor with the Redskins, but I like the signing because they lacked depth, and it was Corey Fuller had an injury, so they they had nobody behind Marvin Jones and and Golden Tate. But I, I wonder how many guys you're collecting who are best suited for the slot and not outside. It, it helps though. I mean, TJ. Their other two guys were TJ Jones and
3: Jericho Cottry, which is a pretty about as bad a number three receiver spot as, as there is around the league. And Bolden to me makes a lot of sense in Baltimore. Now mm-hmm. I know they're slow, and you're saying they're old and slow. Okay, that's great. Between Steve Smith and Bolden, maybe you get one of them to be a solid starter, and you find out who's gonna be that guy. He
2: obviously has the chemistry uh, with Joe Flacco. That makes is there sense any there. ill will there.
4: After they shipped him off,
2: he did not want. To, yeah, that was kind of a messy little divorce. But that was Fair. that was a tough uh, money situation, right? That was around the Flacco deal, and all of a sudden they had no room off under the cap. But it would it make sense as a homecoming. He went out as a champion there.
1: Well, he's not going to be a champion in Baltimore this year because I've already told you that one team other than the Browns are going to finish in fourth place. So dirt nap, you said dirt nap time. So are you saying it taking is the Ravens? So the Ravens are coming in? I fourth? have refused I to answer that. I'm not going to get that specific. But one of those teams that everyone Why just not? assumes is going to roll into the playoffs. Oh, look at 11-5, <laughs> Ozzie Newsome, Baltimore Ravens. How about the answer is no? Well, If you're going to make an, an incorrectly uh, optimistic prediction about
3: the Browns, <laughs> you might as well be more specific. Hang some onions.
1: I think I did by saying they wouldn't
2: be in last place. Well, now you have two teams in the AFC North taking dirt naps: the Ravens and the Bengals. So, processes of elimination, you got to have the Steelers probably winning, and the Browns coming in at a respectable second place.
1: No, no, no I don't. Not calling for second place. I think that you know, <laughs> if you're the Bengals, I respect us enough to say that the dirt nap time might come closer to January.
2: All right. Fair enough. Oh, more wide receiver talk, guys. Let's go to San Diego, where Keenan Allen has a new deal. Uh, Allen has agreed to a new four-year extension. According to Rap Sheet, uh, the extension is a $45 million base. He can earn up to $49 million with incent- incentives, including uh, $20 million guaranteed and a $9.5 million signing bonus. Um, you know, NFL media's Connor Orr. Were you kidding me? <laughs> First reported that both sides were in a negotiation for a new deal. Uh, Former third-round pick, a a bullseye pick by San Diego. Uh, He had 725 yards and four touchdowns over over just eight games last season and was on pace for almost 140 catches. We've been talking about him a
4: little bit the last couple of weeks, but this is a guy you lock up, right, Wes? This is a rare guy. I think all four of us agree on him that he is extremely underrated in today's NFL and possibly a top 12 wide receiver. If you are looking this offseason for a game to watch on NFL Game Pass, Mm. dial up Week 6 Chargers at Packers, an absolute delightful game to watch. Rivers throws for five hundred. Keenan Allen is making diving miraculous plays all over the field in traffic. Just a phenomenal game
3: that game was symbolic of the Chargers season where they seemed like they were so much better than a four-win team. They were in it to the end in some tough spots like in Lambeau. And I agree with you on Allen, although this is, you know, he's coming off a bad 2014 and then he was injured last year. Uh, I love Keenan Allen. I think the Chargers are going to wind up with a steal in terms of the money in this deal because basically a two-year, $20 million deal. And then after that, to me, he's going to be underpaid if he's 80% of what we expect him to be. But I get the... From his perspective, you take the money, take the short-term money. Even if you're giving the team a little bit of a deal long-term, you're coming off an injury, you never know. Maybe, maybe he has another injury this year that would change his life. Let's take it.
1: I mean, overall, if we're down on the the other two wide receiver groups that we just talked about, Detroit and Baltimore, I, I really like what San Diego has, especially after they compare Travis Benjamin with Keenan Allen. They didn't have that element to their passing game last year consistently. So, Stevie Johnson, not a bad Guy either fits well there. It's an underrated wide receiver core. I I like Travis Benjamin will play like a Deshaun
4: Jackson light kind of role, take the top off of defenses and get deep. Not to mention Gates. Not to mention
3: I believe the NFL's leader in reception among running backs, Danny Woodhead. Did he? Oh,
4: and also Danny Woodhead, one of the NFL's best short yardage weapons, red zone weapons. (laughs) It's it's a weird. It's a good receiver group. That is a. It's a strange one
3: too. I don't know. For some reason, it's it's not a group with a ton of size. Uh, they've. Malcolm they've, Floyd retired It's almost like they built it with guys Like they're looking for different skill sets Maybe to play
4: with Phillip Rivers than, than most teams Keenan Allen isn't tall But he's extremely physical Like a young Anquan Bolden type
2: Uh, Wes, is it true that in your stable of boys Danny Woodhead has one of those In Japanese culture The hotels where the bed comes out of the wall No, he's actually the stable boy it. Oh, he's the stable boy <laughs> oh. <laughs> I like Woodhead it kind of looks like a jockey Danny Woodhead You ever notice that? Well, he's a little sturdier than most jockeys.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think he w- probably weighs about 80 or 90 pounds too much, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, Greg, you know. We didn't Greg. even mention good strategy. Put
1: that on your horse, Dan. We didn't See even mention all the Antonio Gates, big horse racing fan. Dan hands us over here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I watch the I watch the Triple Crown. If there's someone that needs that's that's the type of fan I am. If the Triple Crowns at play, I'm watching. Them
1: Absolutely, guys. no, no it's
3: it's admirable. Sneak, yeah. Sneaky fun, you know. Dan Dan lived in New York. Sneaky fun, New York Day, Belmont Day. Oh yeah, take the
2: Metro North up
1: there up to Queen. Have a Have great
3: time.
2: Oh, look at the two of you. I don't know how I find it the hours <laughs> in my day to still be a good husband and father, <laughs> but I do it, you know. I don't know. Um <laughs> You, by the way, you're you know Japanese culture, Greg famously married to a Japanese woman. Famously. Uh, the the little beds where they pull out I thought they- you were
3: going to say you know short people, you know, <laughs> talking about Danny Woodhead famously. Short. But do you know what I'm talking about when I say that? I yes. Think it was like a
4: Seinfeld episode it was. back in the day.
3: Yeah, they had, you know, there are the hotels. Still
4: sleeping, come back later.
3: <laughs> there are the hotels. Uh, yeah, where you just kinda... It's a little box or yeah, whatever the overnight. It? No, why would you ever do that? I think there's a. <laughs> well,
1: function. I mean, obviously some people are doing it. It's, it's an industry. It's like my greatest night. Well, but if put that, into a it's like box, the equivalent, to you to keep to Johnny chuckles.
2: equivalent yeah. of
3: a place for a young person, you know, that might be spending twenty dollars uh, with hitchhikers at a youth hostel. Instead, they'll they'll do that. <laughs> well, that just makes sense. There actually is a logical reason for it, though. You know, the trains don't run. I think from midnight to six a.m. So it's a lot of people. I think that are just getting bombed and then passing out for a couple. Hours in the, in the hotel thing, and then they get
2: back on the train in the morning. I bet that smells good when they pull them out of the box <laughs> in the morning after night. The <laughs> I think you have the ability to get out yourself. You don't need someone to come around. <laughs> it sounds a like t- a <laughs> coffin to Wait, me. Wait, the bed goes back inside the wall? Yeah, you get like it's like a pod that you come out and then they close you in. They throw you into. I'm a chest on Greg's of side. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> Why would anyone capsule hotels? Caps pod hotels. There you go, Greg, our uh, Japan right. consultant. Uh. In other news, last Thursday night, there you go, there's a picture. Uh, if they ever put us back on video. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's going
1: to play well in the show. Yeah. We're all looking at this. It looks like a honeycomb.
2: Um, I was at the uh, humble brag at the Thursday night uh, event for the Arizona Cardinals in downtown L.A. Not even brag because I missed the softball game, which I wasn't happy about. Uh, but I did my job. Greg sent me and I went. That was it. The boss said, uh, jump. I said, how high?
4: Stan's attitude. Yeah,
2: exactly. If so, it makes
4: you feel any better, your presence would not have made a lick of difference at the softball game. Whoa. It doesn't sound like it.
2: But three and three at the halfway point. I'll By
5: play. the way, uh we have called you guys out. I say we, the it's the predators, Timon and I. Yeah. The team the Culver City Predators. Team.
4: Yeah, the guys it's that work in the out. blue room next to us. Yes. Season.
5: Yes, we've called you out. So let's get this game going.
4: Do you have five uh females for your team?
2: We can we can yeah, get females. back to us when you yeah, actually have a team. We will, we yeah. will. and okay. we'll we'll dispatch you. Right, I okay. doubt it. But uh, they think because they won a flag football league uh, against like, undefeated, a bunch of nuns. Our champion. Now it was actually TD's team, and we
5: won uh, seventy to nothing.
2: What's happening, Phillies? Uh, all right. So anyway, I was at the All or Nothing premiere, and I just uh, a couple of things. I got to hang out in the green room beforehand, which was very cool uh, because I mean it was a who's who, and it made me. It reminded me why a. Uh, This was a perfect team for Amazon. This is a new series that's launching on July 1st that documents the entire 2015 season for the Cardinals. And the guys in, in this room, I mean, you had Arians bellying up at the bar. Uh, working on a beer. Uh, I got to talk to him. And that was great. Got Carson Palmer drinking Bud Heavies on the other side of the bar. Mm. You got Honey Badger there. Calais Campbell is one of those guys that, like, knows everyone. I brought my buddy Jason, and Calais Campbell made eye contact with Jay and, like, stuck his hand out. I was like, hey, what's up, man? And my buddy Jay, who's like a, a you know a real romantic-type Cardinals fan, melted right in front of me. <laughs> uh, Michael <laughs> Floyd's there. Uh, P- Patrick Peterson. What a, what a team of all-stars, right? Uh, and then the show's great everybody's gonna love it when you see it but I will say it did get me thinking about uh, the 2016 team of ATL mm. Who will
1: be the team, the team of The, Now's the time to shine a light on
0: the team. This is a very special honor
4: <laughs> Greg about to trash the hotel room.
2: <laughs> I always forget that song's like longer than champagne Supernova. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. here's my theory here. You know, presidents. We just saw it with Obama. You can go two terms, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if you think I'm voting for any of these little AFC South darlings that are, <laughs> people are getting excited about in this room for Team of ATL, which is a very special honor, uh, I'm not going to do it. So I none of them. You've just eliminated the entire division. I am. I am just set, throwing it out there as an option, a second term for the Cardinals as Team of ATL. That's all. I'm not saying that it was something that needs to come to a vote or either we need to really get in a big discussion. But I I thought about it at that event. This is such a great, fun, potentially special team. We already got on the train. Why get off the train now?
1: Well, it's like when you talk about the process that we went through the last two seasons to pick a team of ATL, nearly brought the group to its knees a few times. And with the Cardinals, A, they delivered last year. Right up until the end, they were absolutely what you'd want in a team of ATL, and I think there's something about that team that each one of us, with our different uh, wants and needs, could latch on to. Bruce Arians alone makes me like this team, and uh, I would vote for them. Hmm. This reminds me of last
3: year when Wes tried to run the Chargers back for a second.
2: Yes, it does have a lot of (laughs) eerie parallels.
3: (laughs)
4: Stop. By By the
3: way, the Chargers, this time around, I think Wes even
4: maybe would be more open to it, I feel like they'd be on the long list of potential teams. It reminds me of a disastrous interview I did with a San Diego radio st- station this morning and it started like this. So you were down in San Diego for minicamp last week. What did you see? <laughs> uh, do your homework. Uh, I wasn't in San Diego. All right. Oh, next question.
2: <laughs> do your homework. Be a professional. Name the station. Shame them.
4: Uh, but, no, they, they're nice
2: people. Double X Sports
4: San Diego. I think that's close. Uh,
2: All right. Anyway, I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, But make sure you check that. uh, Check that out. Uh, If you are a football fan, they screened. There's eight episodes they're going to drop at on July 1st at midnight. Mm. Uh, Amazon Prime users get access to the show. It's called All or Nothing. We watched the one that was the playoff game between the Packers and Cardinals. And it's one of the I remember when the game happened. I said that I thought it was like my favorite game ever. Uh, And it's unquestionably one of the best playoff games in years. That game, you want to talk about luck, had the most wires, cameras, the most covered game in the history of NFL. Mm.
4: Yeah, My response would be, you know, last year the Arizona Cardinals captured my heart after first couple of weeks. You know, they got some ground to make up on the Tennessee Titans, which have already begun mm. to capture wow. my heart this offseason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's getting vetoed this. by Dan, though. I, well, hey, look, we each get one out of four votes here, so that's that's only fair that
3: Dan could veto. it. Well, I mean, it's going to be tough for the Cardinals to catch up in the charisma department with Mike Malarkey running the show there. <laughs> what a, Just, there's what a no, magnetic personality. There's no
4: set formula for deciding where your heart <laughs> goes, Greg.
2: Um, finally in the news, uh, former NBA slam dunk champion Nate Robinson is bidding to join – uh Bud Grant a little history from Chris Wesling in the write up uh as the second athlete in history to play both in the NBA and the NFL uh Robinson uh was cut by the New Orleans Pelicans and unclaimed un- unclaimed on un- waivers out-, out of basketball announced in March that he would return to the gridiron once his uh Israeli Premier League season ended and now he's going for it uh Robinson is uh, going to try out as a defensive back uh, with the Seattle Seahawks, it's happening on Monday. Rap Sheet reported Robinson isn't signing with the Seahawks, but the team is planning uh, on staying in contact with him. Washington Post first reported this. Uh, Robinson is very short. I know that, a former Nick. Uh,
4: Measured 5'7 and 3 quarters at the NBA combine. Yeah, yeah. So, so so he's 32 years old.
3: So he'd be one of the shortest cornerbacks in the NFL, and he's 32 years old and hasn't played football. In
4: also, no longer athletically explosive enough
1: to play in the NBA. I, Other than that. <laughs> trying to adapt to one of the toughest positions to learn how to play at the NFL level, I would imagine. Being
2: I, a volume shooter in the NBA,
4: would that help you playing defense in the
1: NFL?
5: He played Well, he played cornerback at UW. So. Well, we no, he
1: was a
4: legit, was solid college Started seven player. games as a freshman. Yeah, had a couple picks. Said he would have stayed he would have stayed with football had Washington not fired Rick New
3: Oh, he's, he's certainly not without talent. I do like Pete Carroll is kind of become that guy I feel like if you've got like an interesting story mm-hmm. and you just send him some clips, like he'll
2: he'll give you a shot. Pete Pete's just having fun up there.
1: I mean they brought in that uh former was it a paratrooper or like a <laughs> Navy SEAL. It's a Navy yeah. SEAL, I believe. Yeah. Right.
5: Log snapper from Texas. Yeah.
1: We talked last week about how Tough it is for
4: established NFL players to switch positions in the middle of their career. It's got to be so much tougher for an NBA player, after what 10, eleven years of or maybe fourteen years of not playing football, to come in at age thirty-two and It'd be like
5: Julius Peppers trying to go to the NBA after his career. Right.
3: Yeah. Uh, I'd, be, I'd be a little concerned if I'm the GM of the HaPal Tel Aviv BC basketball club. That okay, guy's got—he's got a lot on his plate right now, Greg. You're right. Just saying. <laughs> Losing one of your best players to football tryout.
2: Quick game here. Uh, sign, start, or kill their NFL Whoa. dreams. Their NFL dreams, not kill them. Oh, okay. Oh. Sign, start, or kill their NFL dreams. Johnny Manziel, Tim Tebow, Nate Robinson. You got to sign one. You got to start one, <laughs> and you got to kill. You got to kill the dreams of the other. Mark.
1: Uh, um. I would, well, I I would I would start Tim Tebow, which is which bothers me. Um, <laughs> I would sign Manziel and just bury him on a practice squad and have a like a chaperone with him at all times, just to keep him, you know, out of his normal twenty four seven trouble cycle. I see what you uh, I'm not. I'm going to kill the NFL dreams of Nate Robinson. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you, Sully.
2: So, Sully, listen. First, the uh, get your hands a drop. Now he's helping me bringing back. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. Yeah. I like so you're the him. weakest link. All right, Wes.
4: You start Tim Tebow. Easy answer. I mean, this guy's won playoff games. Mm. Wow, you're and,
2: one of those guys.
4: Well, I mean, he, well, look at the other options.
2: You know, they're looking uh, another for another
4: guy. Rep- started a game just last December, and he was okay. And some of them.
2: You know, ESPN's looking for a replacement for Skip Bayless. That's
4: saying. Look, Tim Tebow. As much as people <laughs> want to rip on him, is better than some backups around the NFL. And the, re- the reason he doesn't play isn't because he's not better than backups. It's people don't want to deal with the headache. But you signed Nate Robinson because who am I to give up on his dream? Wow. To put roadblocks in How front nice of his of dream. And you don't want anything to do with Johnny Manziel. You kill his football <laughs> dreams. All right, that's fair. He doesn't deserve football dreams, frankly. Mm.
2: Right, listen, a lot of people will agree with you. Greg?
3: Well, going with, um, you know, my my motto in terms of the – what was it? My free agency team, where I had all the contracts. Oh, yeah. and whatnot?
2: they're like the uh, the muckrakers or the troublemakers. I'm
3: going to start Johnny Manziel. He's been in the league most recently, playing. Okay. He weighs 140 pounds. That's that's a problem. But this group presents a lot of problems.
2: It's durability, is not what he's looking for.
3: Uh, so I'm going to start Johnny Manziel. He's been in the league recently. I'm going to sign. I'm going to sign Nate Robinson as How another another man of short stature. I think <laughs> you give him the chance to blossom on the practice squad and give him some time. You're leaving
1: Tim Tebow out of the I'm, NFL
3: in this scenario. I'm going to kill his NFL dreams because he has dreams bigger than football. He
4: is speaking around the oh. country. He has moved on. Uh, you're going to start fans. a quarterback who has a
1: 5% chance of even making it to the game.
2: Oh, It's easily 15%, <laughs> Wes. Let's be fair.
1: General Manager Greg Rosenthal in hot water by week three of this NFL season.
2: <laughs> I'm trying to think of the name of the team. It was, It was a little... It was like the felons or something.
4: The Rosenthal red flags. The 'er (laughs) ne'er-do-wells. Oh, I like that.
2: (laughs) Uh, That's what's happening in the news. All right, guys. Everyone had fair points there.
4: Thanks, Dan. Yeah. For scoring the fight.
2: Oh, do you want to know what the the answer is, though? I got to go with Wes. The correct answers are... I'm thinking about this in real time. You're starting Tim Tebow. Got to put some meat in the seats. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) Put some meat in the seats. Uh, You are signing... Johnny Manziel, for the same reasons uh, uh, Mark said, you're going to re- rehabilitate him, you're going to save Un- his life potentially. Unrehabilitatable. Yeah. Uh, you're going to believe in him, and he could eventually supplant book who will be terrible most likely. And the you know, meet-in-the-seats appeal will wear off with that after a while. And then Nate Robb, already a multimillionaire, had a nice NBA career, by the way. Yes, a, he a did. A fun player, uh, had some big moments, won the slam dunk titles, uh, is going to have a nice life no matter what happens. This is all kind of a pipe dream. So I'm killing your dreams. Everyone wins. You win. already lived your dreams. So great. Yeah. I, I would say I would
5: add if you're the Seahawks though, you kind of you kind of you would have to add Nate because he's a UW grad.
1: Kind well, of well, cool. Seahawks, I that Seahawks. would put some. The Seahawks are not an uh, you know an NFC contender every year because they're doing these kinds of things. Yeah, I know. I, like, I realize that, but like I'm all they, other they
5: 12s, need.
4: Sully only sees the NFL through Seahawks lenses.
5: I would no. I would say if you're the Seahawks, I agree with you, Wes. Most most <laughs> likely, but I would say if you if you're the Seahawks choosing, I would. Seahawks don't, say don't have
2: that. to worry about putting meat in the seats either. No, they don't. That's a, a great fan base up there, right? Selling out that building. Wes's favorite made.
3: fan base. Nice little play. them all for the old Nate Robinson when he was with the Celtics.
2: Yeah, he. I mean, he was a, a fan favorite in New York too. So, uh, good job by you, Nate. All right. Finally, uh, let's now talk about it, um, Wes. I would I would say that if there was a list. You know how they do like top 30 professionals under 30 in Rockland County and then they have the list of the headshots? <laughs> I would put like, Wes, top 30 podcasters under 45. You would be on that list.
4: <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. How many podcasters are under 45? I don't know. I mean, over 45. I don't know. Is that's,
3: that- that's high praise. There are literally thousands of podcasts out there, hundreds and yeah. hundreds. So if well, you're but in
1: Greg- the top 30, that's pretty good. Point being, coming from Dan, it was a white hot ageism comment. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's true. He and I um, didn't
2: even I didn't even lump in Mark because we we clashed earlier on the show about his sports fandom. So I just right. that had to be just you. See, well, I'm every other now.
4: podcaster except Tony Kornheiser is over. I mean, under forty five. So yeah, you guys would be the top three. 40.
2: Simmons is, I think, forty six. So oh, yeah, he's true. not even in this. So you're you're. I think you might be number. You're one.
4: in the forty over forty. <laughs> 40 podcasters over
2: 40. Uh, Anyway, so this list, though, uh, the hook of this is uh, top five quarterbacks, 25 and under. Uh, And, Greg, uh, we will start with you on this. Uh, Again, if you were born uh, after, what was it, like 1991 or whatever, or, or before 1991, no chance this is you got to be 25 or under right now, not when the season begins, right?
3: Well, first I want to tell you I got some great news. The meeting I needed to go to was canceled. Oh, that's great. So we're just flying. Free. Let's make this a three-hour flying free here. Yeah, let's go. And well, first let's let's set it up with who's in this a little bit. Jared Goff. I mean, we're throwing the rookies in just just so people know. Carson Wentz. There are some surprising people that are 25 and under, like Brock Osweiler, uh, AJ McCarran, Geno Smith. If you guys want to get in put there, you know Smith on your He'll top. Being Greg's top five,
2: You finally succeeded at something.
3: I I had a really hard time with this because we've seen two years of Car Bortles, and if you want to throw Bridgewater in there, but you know I'm I'm not in terms of considering for the top spot, and so that's so much more evidence than we've seen of Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota, who are obviously the other two really strong guys to pick, and yet. Even though I haven't seen it as much, I am taking Jameis Winston as my number one overall pick here, top quarterback. Because mm. I just, I just think that first the second year leap, I'm, I'm betting on that that they're gonna get better. Bortles did it, Carr did it. I think Winston and Mariota, for that matter, were better as rookies than than those guys were. And so my list is Winston, Mariota, Bortles, Carr, and I threw Teddy Bridgewater in there as number five over guys like Jimmy Garoppolo and, uh, of course, my favorite, Geno Smith. Let's hear it again. I have Winston one, Mm -hmm. Mariota two. Mm -hmm. It hurt to put Bortles at three because I love me some Blake Bortles. He is Mm -hmm. the most fun guy on this list for me to watch, but he's three, Derek Carr four, and I have Teddy Bridgewater Five. I am basically deciding I don't know anything about Jared Goff or Carson Wentz at the NFL level, and I would rather take what I've seen out of Teddy Bridgewater than well, those guys. I really would.
2: That's I'd, that's the hook here, though, because I on my list, I have Goff at number five over Bridgewater, but for the reverse reason, which is I kind of feel like I know what, I'm, what we're about to see from Teddy Bridgewater. We saw kind of a middle-of-the-road guy that showed some things uh, at times. Uh, but also seems like the ceiling might not be that high. Goff, you know, a number one overall pick. That's boomer bust, obviously, but the ceiling could be higher, so I put him ahead of Teddy.
3: Absolutely, but the floor could be lower. And one thing doing this that I was looking up everyone's age, Teddy Bridgewater is 23 years old. He is a full two years younger than Derek Carr. Derek Carr had five years at Fresno State. Brid- uh, Fresno State, Bridgewater came out as an underclassman. That's significant to me those two years. So I'm giving Bridgewater a chance. Why
0: couldn't he get doesn't, a little better? It well,
4: doesn't sit well with me. Okay. Because you have been a part of this philosophy for a while. We, we, back in the day, we would say the Bengals are stuck in purgatory because Andy Dalton is average, mm-hmm. and you agreed with that. If you're stuck in quarterback purgatory, you don't have your answer. you got to go find it. So if Teddy Bridgewater is quarterback purgatory and it sounds like you think he's average – Why not get a guy who can be dynamite? I think worst case he's
3: average. I definitely believe he can be a top 10 quarterback. I am not giving up on Teddy Bridgewater compared to where we were a year ago when I think if we went around the room, everyone would have had Teddy Bridgewater over Carr and Bortles. Maybe not everyone. No, I had Bortles last year. You would have had Bortles. um, But for the most part, most people had Teddy Bridgewater. I still think he can get better. Mark, uh,
4: what are your thoughts on Teddy Bridgewater?
1: I Teddy Bridgewater to me just does not <laughs> excite me, and that's just I, I I look at it as if I were building a team. What kind of quarterback do I want to build around? And it's not a flaming Teddy Bridgewater scenario. It's just that I had to imagine that you going from four to number five with Bridgewater, Greg. That he, there's quite a bit of space between four and five for me to put him number five, and I don't have him on my top five list. Because, well, let's hear your list, Mark. All right, so I have Marcus Mariota number one. Oh yeah. Blake Bortles, who I love, I have number two. I'm surprised he's not one. Well, I I think that we haven't. I haven't done a comparison between those two when we talked about Blake Bortles. I like Blake Bortles more than a lot of people just like Blake Bortles, but I think Mariota showed moments last season that were beyond anything I thought we'd see from him. And so he, that's that's one and two. I have Derek Carr number three. Really like Derek Carr. I have Jameis Winston number four. And with number five, because I considered Teddy, for the reasons you mentioned, Greg, there's more evidence of what he is. But he's not there for me because I'll take my chances with Carson Wentz. He fits the profile of the kind of quarterback I'd want. I have the
4: exact, almost the exact same list. Mariota was the easy choice at number one for me. I can't get visions of Joe Montana and Jake Plummer out of my head, hopefully closer to Montana when I watch him play. Uh, Blake Bortles, number two. And the second spot was hard. I I considered Winston number two as well, but I I feel like, like Greg said, we have a larger sample size with Bortles. He showed so much improvement, and they have uh, very nice surrounding talent there now. Derek Carr, number four, and I went Carson Wentz, number five, too. What's not to love about a guy who is football brilliant and is built like Andrew Luck and moves like Andrew Luck and a young Ben Roethlisberger? Give me the upside of Carson Wentz.
2: My five is Mariota, one. Or, mm. How do you pronounce that, Mariota? I feel like
3: Wes's strong honking for Mariota has influenced the room because it influenced me. Like I, I thought I, I think I think your just total belief in him has, has helped me even think. All right, all right, push him even higher.
2: Wes just said he has a chance to be Joe Montana.
4: I feel so, like he he as a rookie he already had moments of transcendence.
2: Uh, so I had M- Mariota one. Derek Carr two, Bortles three. You could flip them easily, but they're very close. Winston mm. four, but he could be higher too. It's, it's not. It's pretty tough. Those first four. Yeah. And then it is. It's crapshoot. And I went with Goff, and I don't know for the same know, reason about Goff. But I will let me ask you this question, Mark. Uh, the things that Wes just said, the reason you put him at five, are are you upset that the Browns traded away the number two pick when they could have had that guy on the team?
1: I. Came away from the draft feeling like Cleveland went all out with their strategy, and it was a we're going to build this team through the draft, and it's not going to be by picking one guy at quarterback and having to trade up for that. Uh, it'll be compared; They'll be compared to what Wentz does all along. If Wentz turns into Big Ben Part Two, there's going to be a lot of people that will look at that and say, man, you could have had him. That's a big target you missed.
4: It's an interesting analytics versus scouting discussion because one of the big tenets of analytics is a 2010 study uh by I think a couple of guys from Yale that said if you are keeping the number one pick in the draft, you're doing it all wrong. You need to trade down and keep trading down and get as many picks as possible. Mm-hmm. But I also think you can talk you can be overly smart and talk yourself out of that. And what if Carson Wentz is a
3: game changer they they had their guy. It was Jared Goff. They just didn't wanna they didn't want to give up whatever it would take to go from two to one. And so they believed by all accounts and they had a strong conviction in Goff, and they didn't in Wentz. So you can't force it. Maybe they'll prove to have a long evaluation. But right. I really
2: wonder if, and it, I know because they've had so many regime changes, but it's now legendary in this in this reboot of the Browns, the struggles that they've had finding the quarterback. Is the organization perhaps a little gun shy to make a move of that of, of that level a number two overall pick? And that part part of the reason why they decided to go maybe a more conservative route. It will be. I mean, it is one of the more fascinating things to watch coming out of this draft, if not the most fascinating.
1: Yeah, I mean, they were killed for going against their own in-house study when they went with Manziel over Bridgewater.
2: Well, they were it, the homeless man.
1: That was a nightmare. Yeah. That couldn't have turned out any worse. But that said, I something about Teddy Bridgewater's overall game, I am not that unhappy that they don't have Teddy Bridgewater. I'd I, like to see what the next guy comes down the pike is.
3: I mean, as we've seen, we, we thought Andy Dalton hit his su- ceiling, and that's the player... You know, you think of Alex Smith and Dalton when you think of Bridgewater that he's got a lower ceiling, but I think he's a much better scrambler. I think ultimately he could throw a better deep ball than those two guys. So maybe he's a guy that it takes a little longer for him with Mariota. The, the, the reason I had a hard time putting him one, although I put Winston one was he's played 11 games that, you know, really we haven't seen a ton and he doesn't really throw or connect on a deep ball. So that's. So that's you're projecting more with him and Winston than, than those other guys where we've seen Bortles do a lot. We, I think Derek Carr uh, is going to inspire some angry tweets because he didn't get higher than four I from anyone. haven't oh, two. Two three. and three. Okay,
1: none of us put him I one. I think he's fine there. at three, though, because yeah. it's like I, I Dan said it too. Bortles, Carr, potentially interchangeable at some point. It comes down to probably what your preference is. I know for me, I like bigger quarterbacks that I are, are going to last for 16 games, and that's that's huge for me. That's huge. How
4: much of Mariota's deep ball, which was the least efficient in the NFL, was the fact that he was throwing to Smurf wide receivers or Doriel Green Beckham, who didn't know what tra- which route to run, or the offensive line allowing the most sacks in the NFL? I mean, I have a hard time extracting how much of that is him. I did too. He didn't have a great throwing motion for deep ball. He's got the arm. This is- but he doesn't have the touch that he does on shorter and intermediate passes. This is a t- it's a tough exercise. Hey, do you guys want to hear my bottom five?
2: Yes. Sure. The five guys I would least want, twenty five and under. Number one, this is gonna seem at odds because I just made him my starter in the <laughs> FMK game. Uh but Johnny Manziel, uh too much too much baggage. Uh he's hundred and forty pounds. Uh AJ McCarron, who I know some people what? are getting. Should we say about. lack of baggage? Yeah. Uh <laughs> Uh yeah, Sully. So, uh pick up the chisels. Uh number two, AJ McCarron. I don't know. I mean people wow, I like excited about him, not me. Number three, Gino. Uh number four, Zach Mettenberger. Greg, in the email where you listed the guys twenty five and under, you put can't move instead of an age for him. You'd
4: rather have Zach Mettenberger than A. J. McCarron? Uh yes. That is bizarre.
2: Yeah. And then uh five Teddy Bridgewater slips into my bottom five. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I considered <laughs> McCarron for my number fi-
3: my, well, my fifth overall pick. He would he might be number one on Sessler's list of guys he doesn't want. Teddy Bridgewater, the way he was slamming him off, yeah. off the air here. Today. There was a, I, lot, listen, a lot of a new- little know,
1: softer than Tony. You here. know that part of it is that. I like to just riff on you guys in the office, but <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater, I, and it's, look, I'm not a quarterback evaluator by trade. I just find him to be boring. He yep. bores me. It was a,
3: bore, it was a boring year just to a boring watch their passing game. There, there is no uh, doubt. Jimmy Garoppolo, just forgotten in this entire oh, game.
2: Oh, let's see him play a game. Poor guy. Can I just say one thing about...
3: Paxton Lynch, forgotten too.
2: One, Mark, one of the more fascinating individuals. Uh, a lot of times it will be like, you know, that's, that's what I say on the air. Like off the air, I'm a little more toned down. It's like the opposite with Mark. It's like the inverse. Sometimes Mark will say more brash, outrageous things off air than he says on air. Absolutely, it's like a, it's like a little f- a flip.
1: Well, because in this case, with the because you said the, some
2: pretty harsh things about I Teddy know, but downstairs. like it w-
1: I was, I was, you guys were laughing. It was like it was early on a d- depressing Monday morning, so it was like there was human reaction in the room. I was just. <laughs> You know, trying to drum up some excitement. He has no belief but, in these no, convictions. But that, no, I do, because he did not make my top five, and I, I didn't consider him for my top five at all. I just said I'd rather put McCarron than Bridgewater. Yeah. I liked McCarron down the stretch last year. I'd rather have him under Hugh Jackson in Cleveland right now than Teddy Bridgewater.
4: Can I go back to the Browns and analytics discussion for just a second? Sure. please. But. So if what the Browns are doing, there's no doubt in my mind that over the long run, you are going to draft more efficiently if you do the analytics model and keep trading down. But NFL teams win with difference makers and outcome shifters, these special talents who are good enough to change the outcome of games. And I think that the only way to go about that is evaluate the tape and go with your gut and say, I need this guy to put me over the top.
1: I think you'll end up with a lot of pretty good starters and no like special talents. If, if three years from now they don't have stars on their team, which is basically the case now, it's a failed experiment. If they do, and it comes through maybe next year, packaging some of those extra picks and getting that next version of the quarterback, then it's not a failed experiment. Or I mean, also, they might have
3: the. They're likely, or not likely, but they will be favored to have a top three pick again. Right. And do you in, change? Your- in theory, the roster will be better off with, for this rookie quarterback next time around. I, I mean, because I the it, analytics aren't dogmatic; they shift to go with trends. No, and I I think they I think the analytics might have. Influence them not trading up to one, that they didn't want to give up picks to get Goff. But at that, but at that point, it's
1: not really about. You can't force yourself to love Carson Wentz. And their coach did not. It wasn't just their analytics department. Their head coach did not want Carson. Here's Wentz. the
2: other question: Will Sashi, Sashi, and Hugh Jackson get three years? That we haven't seen that under the Haslam regime, whether anybody's going to get the time to build this. The it's right another way. thing where you have yeah. to
1: say, "Yeah, we have to see it," but I, I think they will. But I, I've said that about every single coach. So there's one guy on this list that makes about you know, five times more than
3: anyone else. He's right in the middle. That's he didn't why. make any of our top fives. Brock. He's right in the middle. Brock Osweiler. He should it, be there. It's a weird thing with the NFL draft and. In eight like that he was the he's the first to get money there a 25 year old making 17 million dollars nothing a year. nothing I've seen on tape out of him would have me put him in the top five I wouldn't mean either and yet I wouldn't rule out him being a good it, there's nothing he showed that would say well he has no chance that he can't be
2: no I'm player. not saying he I'm, can't be. starting and not just in, in this room but the popular opinion is that Houston vastly overpaid for this guy it might be he might be getting so much um you know Uh, heat right now that he's going to actually perform better than expectations because I think everyone thinks he's going to be a bust. Maybe he'll be good, decent. All he has to do is be better than Brian Hoyer. I think
4: he'll probably be about the 23rd best quarterback in the league.
2: He's got to be better than that. He's got to be in the top 15. He's got to be right at the Dalton line.
1: For this exercise, he would have likely come in six or seven for me. Yeah. I mean, it would have been tough him versus Geno.
3: I think we'll revisit this conversation. Tough? What? Around week three or four when Geno Smith and the (laughs) high-flying gailies are running through, and you're like, oh, yeah, Geno Smith
4: can do exactly what Ryan Jets
1: fans are going to set cars on fire with Geno Smith's the week one
2: starter. Greg's alone on that hill.
4: (laughs) Give me Paxton Lynch over all those guys.
2: Um, All right. Oh, wait, you
4: you forgot uh, Tom Savage. Who? Tom
3: Savage?
2: Oh, the imaginary friend. (laughs) Of the NFL quarterback room, uh, yeah, he's is he under twenty five or twenty five or under?
1: Who knows? He's not a corporeal entity. I don't even. Yeah. think he Yeah, <laughs> I don't any. have an age. Well, and I age. bet a bunch of people will say, "What about Tyrod Taylor? Twenty six. You're not on the list. Get banged." Sorry,
2: that's <laughs> it. All right, we'll be back on Wednesday. Uh, we're gonna have a uh, a new uh, first time, long time. No, I don't know if he has ever listened to the show. Uh, but Dan Helley, the who hosts Total Access with Lindsey Rhodes, will be stopping by on Wednesday.
5: He's a VFL, too. Vol for life. Went uh, to Tennessee. Had to fit that in there.
2: Is he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. VFL. VFL. Did you go to Tennessee? I wasn't aware. Yeah, yeah. Well, no. just, had to yeah. fit that in there. Yeah. Had a, Absolutely. Had a, VFL. Had
3: a, are had any Vols not VFL? Or you're automatically...
5: Uh, yeah. Uh Kenny Chesney uh, stabbed us in the back a couple times, getting on <laughs> Tim Tebow. It's like
2: Southern dude talk now, we just yeah. went into and he lost me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Dan Helley, Vol for Life. Uh I heard tell from co-
4: Damashek earlier today that he's uh really into Cornhole. We'll Helly. have
2: to talk with him about What a great
1: that. idea for a guest.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh so we will be we'll have Helley in and then uh you know, mini camps are, are uh kicking off starting tomorrow. Uh, a lot of mini camps, so there'll be plenty to talk about. So until then, this is Dan Hansis signing off for The Quiet Storm, The Mailman, The Boss, Sully Behind the Glass. Thank you, Sully. Till Wednesday.